Hallelujah. Let's open our Bibles to uh, Hebrews chapter 5. That's our scripture. Hebrews 5. We'll read from verse 12 <coughs> and we'll continue into chapter 6 verses 1 to 3. Hebrews 5. I get excited reading this every time. Hallelujah. Thank you, thank you, thank you. For when for the time you ought to be teachers, you have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. For every one that uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a baby. But strong meat belongs to them that are of full age, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Chapter 6 verse 1 Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works, of faith towards God, of doctrine of baptisms, of laying on of hands, of resurrection of the dead, and of eternal judgment. And this will we do if God permit. Hallelujah. I get excited about this scripture. Because I know, and I know all of you know by now, that this is the will of God. It is clearly written here, it is the will of God that every single believer should be learning and teaching these foundational doctrines. This is the will of God. It is written for us. It is written. Many people have asked me, Brother, how will I find out the will of God for me? How will I know what to do, where to go? The step is do what is written first and you will automatically step into the unwritten. Do what is written and you are actually directing your own steps into the unwritten will of God. I mean, today where I am today, in the full-time ministry, doing what I am and, and traveling and teaching, is not because I, 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 I knew from the beginning. No. When I ran away from home and came to Bangalore, I only wanted a job to get a salary, to get some money, then just to have a normal life. That was all I wanted. I was persecuted back home, but I couldn't stay there. Um, people considered me a waste of my parents' money, a useless fellow, everything. So I cried out before God and I felt I should come to Bangalore. So I just came looking for a job. But then as I submitted to the hearing of the word of God, as I submitted, as I started hearing the word, I finally understood, hey, this is the will of God. This is the will of God. So working in an IT company, I started obeying this and started learning and teaching started with one person started with one person Bible says this is the ABCDs of God's Word so you don't need a PhD or a, a theology degree to teach this no I just saw this is the word just studied it found one person to teach and just continue since 2005 we have not stopped we've been teaching we've been teaching teaching one after the other started with one person and it, it, it took some time, it was not easy. But then today, where we are, is because we obeyed what is written. It, I, I found out, I mean, thank God for it, that I found out in the first week that I started attending um, uh, uh, Pastor Michael's church in 2002, that about Hebrews 10, it says, do not forsake. So anytime there is a meeting in church, I am just there. It started like that. I will go for work, night shift, everything, then come back and attend church, be there for every uh, Sunday meetings, Wednesday Bible study, any prayer meeting. I was just there. That thing I knew. It's the written will of God. So I started obeying that. And from there, God started lifting me up. This is not just my story. It's the story of any believer. As you obey what is written, you are automatically stepping into the unwritten. You're automatically stepping and making yourself available to God to fulfill the plans and purposes of God. That's the amazing part of this. But unfortunately, people don't want to do what is written and they want to know what is not written. Where should I go? Whom should I marry? Which job should I take? Should I go to US? Should I go to Dubai? Should I work in this company? Should I work in another company? First things first. Find out uh, uh, find a good church, start listening to the word, 
submit to the teaching, submit to a pastor, read this, find out what is written and obey. And then keep doing it and you will find yourself in the unwritten will of God. God will orchestrate things. Bible says the steps of the righteous are ordained by the Lord. We are the righteousness of God. And it is the will of God that every person should be involved in learning and teaching. Learning and teaching. I mean, I have not stopped learning this. Since 2005, I am learning. We started with one sheet of paper. Today, I can write books on each topic. That's the beauty of this. It grows. You will never stop learning. You will never stop seeing new things. You are always increasing. When I look back at, at my notes from around uh, 10 years ago, I was surprised. Man, only so much. Today I know so much. I'm like, it shows how much you've grown. It shows what God has taught you over the years as you submitted. And I'm so glad I obeyed. And I'm so glad you're obeying and learning these things. But it doesn't end there. Find somebody to teach. Find somebody. Just one person. Start teaching them these things. And you are stepping into the will of God. And as you start teaching, that's when what you know will increase. That's when what, Just simply having a seed will not uh, bring increase to you. Take that seed, sow it. When you sow, that seed will grow. When the seed grows, it will bear fruit. When the fruit comes, you enjoy the fruit, but you get you don't just get one fruit, you get fruits. And with those fruits, you get more seeds. That's how the increase comes. What you know right now, what you're getting right now is seed. Take the seed, sow it into somebody's life. And then see the increase come. That's how everything in the word of God works. That's why uh, it says, Bible says, As long as the earth remains, there will be seed time and harvest time. It's a truth. It's the truth. So what you're getting right now, don't just simply hear. Take it. It's a seed that you're getting. And sow it into somebody. You don't need to know everything. What you remember, just sow it. And you will start seeing the increase. Just one person. Just one hour a week. Or maybe 30 minutes a week. Get that one person. Invest into that person. Because this is a discipleship program. Jesus himself. You, we have to start somewhere to grow, isn't it? You have to start somewhere and when you, when you are faithful in that little, God will give increase. Hallelujah. So we've been looking at this. We've seen that there are seven foundational doctrines. Repentance from dead works, faith towards God, or baptisms, doctrine, laying on of hands, resurrection from the dead and eternal judgment. We saw that this is also the life cycle of a believer. Starting with repentance, the first step of a sinner is repentance, where he changes his thinking. And then he, he hears the word of God, he changes his thinking, and then he receives. By the hearing of the word, he receives the faith of God. And then he is baptized into the body of Christ, when he calls upon Jesus as his Lord and Savior. And then he receives the baptism in the Holy Spirit, he is water baptized, and then as he submits to the teachings of the doctrines, he grows he grows. And as he grows spiritually and matures, hands are laid on him and given him positions of authority. That means you are now responsible for somebody. And then one day we will all have to leave these bodies. If Jesus doesn't come, we will leave these bodies. And then there is resurrection from the dead. And then finally there is eternal judgment. So this is the life cycle of a believer. That's why God wants every believer to know these things. It's your life. What we are learning is what is happening next. So when you know this, you are prepared. You will not be taken by surprise. Hallelujah. So we finished resurrection from the dead. And last week we started on eternal judgment. Hallelujah. So let's just look at one scripture. Hebrews chapter 9 verse 27. It says, And as it is appointed unto men once to die but after this judgment it says it is appointed unto men once to die and after that judgment so this is a fixed appointment you cannot change this appointment 
Bible says it is appointed. That appointment for every person is fixed. You will die once and then your appointment for judgment is fixed. It is appointed. You can't change it. You believe or not, you like it or not, it is fixed. You will stand there. There is a judgment. We will have to leave this body. If Jesus doesn't come soon, then there is resurrection. Otherwise, if Jesus comes when we are alive, our bodies will be transformed like we saw in the twinkling of an eye. We will receive our glorious heavenly bodies. And we will be caught up with Jesus in the clouds. Bible says, and after that we will be with Him forever. But then it starts with, after we go, then there is judgment. There is judgment. It's called the judgment seat of Christ. It's a fixed appointment. And like we saw last week, judgment is a good word. It's a beautiful word. It is not something to be afraid of. Unfortunately, Two of the most beautiful words in the Bible are the most abused. Repent and judgment. They are the most beautiful words. Repentance means change your thinking. You did the wrong things. You were in wrong because your thinking was wrong. So now you change your thinking according to the word and you will start doing the right thing. That's beautiful. That's so amazing how God put it. That's how God designed us. To do everything, whatever our body does is because of our thinking. So when you change your thinking, you will do the right thing. And then judgment. It's a very beautiful word. We saw that judgment simply means to make a choice. All of us make judgment every day. You choose, you judge. Okay, if I wear this shirt, I'll need this color pant. I wear this color socks. This is how I'll wear it. I have to wear this matching shirt. It's all judgment. You take a pile of vegetables, you judge. This is a good one. This is bad. Throw it in the dustbin. So it's a judgment you are making. It simply means to make a choice. Simply means to make a choice. And we also saw last week, when is judgment happening for believers? After you are in heaven. It happens after you are in heaven. Bible says, once Jesus comes, once the rapture happens, once we are caught up with Him, it says... He is not going to throw you. He says, you will be with the Lord forever. That means from that moment onwards, you are there in heaven with Him. And judgment for believers is happening in heaven. So, hey, what's happened to you? You're already in heaven. You're already in heaven. So why are people so scared about this word judgment? Why? Because judgment is happening for a believer after he is in heaven. And Bible says you, you will be with him forever. That means he's not going to throw you out. The only reason a person goes to hell is if he does not accept what Jesus did. If he does not accept the finished work on the cross. That's the only reason you will go to hell. You can be the worst of sinner. You could have raped a hundred women. You could have killed a thousand people or a million people. But that is not the reason you are going to hell. Why did you do that? Because of the sin nature in you. You did that because of what Adam did. That sin nature is in man, everybody. That's why children lie. You don't have to teach them to lie. You don't have to teach them to disobey. It's there inside them. It's there inside them. Nobody calls their child, Mone, sit here. I will teach you how to lie. No, nobody teaches them like that. It is there inside them. So the only reason why somebody goes to hell is not accepting what Jesus did. You believe it, you receive it, you're going to heaven. You're going to heaven. Your spirit is saved. Your spirit is born again. The spiritual position of your spirit is at the right hand of God. That's where you're seated, in Christ. So he's not going to kick you away from there. So we don't have to be scared about judgment. So then what is judgment? We saw last week that judgment is a reward ceremony. It's a reward ceremony. Let's look at one scripture here. Revelations chapter 22 verse 12. Revelations 22 verse 12. I want you to see this. This is, this is very good. It says, And behold... I am coming quickly 
एंड माई रिवॉर्ड अवॉर्ड इज विथ मी टू गिव टू एवरी वन अकॉर्डिंग टू हिज वर्क इट्स एज रिवॉर्ड Jesus is speaking he said i am coming quickly to give you rewards it doesn't say i am coming quickly to punish you i am coming quickly to kick you out of heaven no so judgment for believers is an award ceremony just last week we had the oscar awards the oscar awards for 2019 i mean all the people who are present there are people who got an invitation and they are so excited just to receive the invitation and be present for that ceremony they receive the award or not they are looking their best yes or no you you get the award or not you are present in a very exquisite special group of people they are happy nobody goes there crying and eating ayo ayo i have to go to uh, the uh, oscar awards no it's a good thing it's a joyous occasion so the same way judgment for believers is an award ceremony we will all be there and you are already in heaven hallelujah so it's not something that you you have to be scared about it's not something you have to be scared about it happens after you are in heaven so what's the worst thing you are already in heaven see that is the starting point you are already in heaven that's where judgment is happening for you but what we saw what is he judging you about based on what you did when you are in the body hallelujah you are judged based on what you did as a believer when in your body hallelujah so so then what yes it is true that if you don't do the right things what is going to happen you will not get your reward you will not get your reward but what is the plus point about it are you in your body today yes that means you are getting another chance forget what happened till today morning if you are in your body today you are getting another chance that's the best part of judgment you are judged based on what you did when you are in body so if you are in body today that means you are getting another chance you are getting another chance to build with gold silver and precious stones instead of wood hay and stubble we saw last week first corinthians chapter 3 first corinthians chapter 3 we saw it says for no other foundation can any man lay except that which is laid by jesus christ there is no other foundation that any man can lay except that which is laid by jesus christ himself and what is that foundation that's what we are learning the foundational doctrines see some translations say it is no other foundation can no man lay than that is laid which is jesus christ Yes Jesus is the sure foundation he is the foundation there is no other foundation except Jesus Christ but in context with this if you look at the original meaning it says no man can lay any other foundation except the foundation laid by Jesus Christ himself and what is the foundation Jesus laid these foundational doctrines and let's look continue it says verse 12 if any man build upon this foundation which foundation the foundation which jesus laid with gold silver precious stones and wood hay and stubble so you have choices six choice said you can build with gold silver or precious stones or you can use wood hay and stubble and then it says verse 13 but every man's work will be made manifest for the day shall declare it because it will be revealed or tested with fire every man's work will be tested with fire what happens to gold when it goes through fire it becomes pure it will shine even more same with silver and precious stones but what about wood hay and stubble all burnt away all burnt away so the judgment here is talking about believers 
What did you do as a believer when you are in the body? Did you get a sure foundation? That's the first question. Did you get the foundational doctrines taught? That's the first question. Most people are without any foundation at all. They just receive Jesus and they are living anyhow. They are stuck in traditions. So now you are getting the foundation. On top of this foundation, what are you building with? Gold, silver, precious stones or wood, hay and stubble. Whatever you are building with will go through fire. And the fire will reveal what it is. Now, let's see. It says, And the fire will test and try every man's work, what sort it is. Verse 14. If any man's work remains, which he has built, he will receive a reward. That means if your work is remaining, then you will get a reward. What happens to those who build with wood, hay and stubble? It says, if any man's work is burnt off, he will suffer loss. Loss of what? Reward. But then what happens? But he himself is saved. Look at that. He himself is saved. That means where is he already? In heaven. He himself is saved. You are already in heaven. You are saved. But it says, but as if, but as Yet so as by fire. That means there is nothing for you to get a reward. You are saved. You are in heaven. There will be a smoke smell around you the whole time. <laughs> if you see any food, food or smoked meat. Keep there. You take the food. You are eating it. That smoke taste will remain. Yeah. You walk by. Ah, this guy, I know he didn't get a reward for eternity. When there are people like Paul who is receiving crowns and rewards, there are people with ah, nothing. I got saved. Yes. I escaped hell. Yes. I am in heaven. Thank you, Jesus. But no reward. You suffer loss of reward. You are not losing heaven. You are already in heaven. You are already saved. Hallelujah. So, now look at the best part of it. Are you in your body today? Yes, so that means you are getting another chance. You are getting another chance. That's what brings me joy. That gives you hope. So judgment, when you hear the word judgment, you should not be scared. There are many preachers who are scaring people with that word. It simply shows that they have no idea what judgment is. Yes, hell is real. Yes, there is a fire that cannot be quenched, put out. And there are worms that cannot die. It is true. Jesus said it. But it's not for us. You're already saved. You receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. It's not for you. It's not for you. It's for the devil and unbelievers. But for us, you're in heaven. It's a reward ceremony. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we need to rejoice. We need to rejoice. So you ask me, brother, but I didn't. I am a believer. I didn't do anything much. That means it's simply saying I was using only wood, hay, and stubble. One day, or whatever I did till today is going to be burnt. Yeah. So you are alive today. You are in your body. You are still in your body. That means from today you get a chance to use gold, silver, precious stones. Hallelujah. That's the best part of our God. He loves us so much, He keeps giving us chance after chance after chance. You messed up. Yes, you fought with your wife or your husband today. Yeah, so you're alive. Go. Change it. Change it. I fought with my neighbor today. I used words that I should not be using. Yeah, you messed up. I'm a believer. Yes, but still I said those words. Yeah. So, now what are you going to do about it? Are you going to let it be like that? Or are you going to change it? Whatever is burnt, let it burn. But you still have a chance to use some gold, some silver, some precious stones. Something has to be there, right? Or you want everything to be burnt up. So start today, your life means you get another chance. That's how beautiful our God is. We get another chance. So does this mean that we can continue doing what we want to do? 
and say, oh, anyway, I'll be in heaven. No. No. If a person continues like that, I suspect if he's alive, if he's, sorry, if he's saved. Because any person who has received salvation, who has received forgiveness, he knows. He knows what it cost. You cannot continue in sin. You cannot continue living like that. Whatever it is, we know, Lord, I know I, I needed mercy. Personally, I know how much mercy I needed. I lived a life of sin. I did things that I'm not proud of. So I know how much mercy I needed. Yes, I make mistakes. Yes, I, I do things. I'm not perfect. So what's the best part of it? I'll say, Lord, I'm sorry. I can come to my father. Sorry. I messed up again. I'm sorry. And he says, he gives me another chance. That's all. So the, there is no sin that the blood of Jesus cannot cover, cannot wash away. There is no sin that the blood of Jesus cannot handle. So brother, what about the unpardonable sin? Yes, there is an unpardonable sin. But most of us here don't qualify for it. For also to learn Hebrews 6, the foundational doctrines. Let's go to, let me show you that. Hebrews chapter 6. We read verse 1, 2 and 3. One, two and three is talking about foundational doctrines, right? And then verse four, the next verse, it says, It is impossible for those who were once enlightened, who have tasted the heavenly gift, who were made partakers of the Holy Ghost, who have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the world to come, if they fall away to renew them again to repentance, seeing that they crucify to themselves the Son of God afresh and put Him to an open shame. See, this is talking about unpardonable sin. But we don't qualify for this. Very huge qualification. It's a very huge qualification. See the condition. You, you were once enlightened. That means you were a sinner. You got born again. Then you tasted the heavenly gift. That is Jesus. And were made partakers of the Holy Ghost. That means you received the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And you tasted the good word of God. You were taught the word of God. Okay. The next one, you tasted the powers to come. That is me. That means you were used mightily by God in signs, wonders and miracles. You were used as a big testimony. People were changed, affected by your life. Such people... After knowing all these, after knowing the word of God, they are not people who don't know the word. No, 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 no. They are people who know the word. After knowing all these things, they decide one day, I don't need Jesus. I reject Jesus. Such people, for them, it is difficult to turn them to repentance because they, they already know. They, it's not that they don't know. They already know the whole truth. They know the word of God. What more can they change? After knowing, they are knowingly deciding to live in sin and to reject Jesus. Such people. It's a different story. It's a different story. It's not for normal believers. Most people don't know the word. They don't know the word of God. Such people live in fear because there are many pastors who try to scare them said, oh, judgment will come upon you. Hell will be there. You will go, you will lose your salvation. Hello, brother. He said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Your name is written in the palms of my hand. It's not easy. It is written that you can't go and, and rub it off. No. No, no, you can't. He has got you. He sealed you with the Holy Spirit of promise. Nobody can break that seal just like that. No. God did everything possible to make sure we will be with Him. It's not easy for a person to lose his salvation. So there are people who are preaching there that you will lose your salvation, this and that. They do not know the Word. They do not know the Word. You are born again, yes. Now you have a choice to live according to the Word or not. A person who is truly born again, a person who is truly born again, who has he heard the word, received Jesus as his Lord and Savior, truly, he will want to know that Savior more. 
Somehow or the other, he will try to find a place where he gets a word. See, I got born again in a Catholic meeting. I got born again in a Catholic meeting. Everybody, the person who took me to the meeting, till today he is not born again. I was forced to go with him to a Jesus youth meeting. And we went there to watch girls. Honestly, I went there to watch girls. Just to, just to, just, because we didn't have anything else to do. I, I was not interested in school, in college. So we went there. So it was a three-day meeting. The first two days, we were just happily watching girls, just commenting on everything. And the third day, there was a, 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 a skit, a drama, showed they played the death, burial and resurrection of Jesus. I was simply in the, when it started, I was still sitting there just looking around. But suddenly, Jesus became real to me. I understood the message of salvation from that skit. It became real to me that Jesus died for me. I did not even hear the word born again before. I just knelt, went down on my knees and I cried and said, Jesus, today I believe you are real. Nobody said anything to me. I was just watching it. I said, Jesus, I believe you are real. I believe you died for me. Whatever you suffered on the cross is for me. I said, whatever you want me to do, I will do. Nobody else there got born again. I mean, as much as I know, they were all sitting and enjoying this kid. But I was there crying because suddenly Jesus became real to me. And I wanted to know Jesus more. So, I used to attend a Catholic church from that moment. I used to go there thinking that is the truth. But as I read the Bible, as I started reading and reading, I had more questions. So when they could not give me the answers to my questions, I came out. See, the only way I am here today is because I wanted to know this Jesus who saved me. For any person who is born again, they want to know the word. Why do they take the trouble to go to a church to listen to the word? Because they want to know. It is inside you. You are born again by the word. You want to know Jesus. That word is inside you. The desire is there. That's why you are gathered here today. It's not because you did not have anything else to do. Okay, today, Thursday evening, no other job here. We will just sit and hear the word. No TV channel, no uh, serial at this time. So we will hear. No. You made a commitment to listen because you are hungry. Inside you, you know this is the word of God. This is the truth. That's why you took the trouble to came. Hallelujah. So a truly born again person cannot continue to live in sin. Yes, there are times and seasons when every person will go back. It's because you are not getting the word of God. Your mind is not renewed. The more you let the things of the world come in, you can be born again but still live like the world. What is, the, what is going to happen to you? You will not get your reward. You are born again. You will reach heaven but no reward. You are reaching there. On that day, award ceremony is happening. You are standing there. Ah, everybody is getting reward. But hallelujah, I am in heaven. That's the joy you will get. That you know for sure that you have left hell. Hell is not your place anymore. Your judgment is happening already in heaven. And you are getting your rewards. So today, you get another chance. You can make another choice. Lord, thank you. I am getting another chance. Hallelujah. So next question is, what are these rewards? How are these rewards given? Let's look at that. Revelation chapter 20. Verse 12, it says, And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life, and the dead were judged out of those things which are written in the books according to their works. So how are you going to be judged? What is the condition? Well, know that books are going to be open. There are some books in heaven. And it says, uh, you will be judged according to your works. 
And what is that? How do they know? Because whatever you are doing as a believer is written in a book. There are books, not just one book, but books. So, we need to know what these books are. We need to know what is being written in the books. Hallelujah. So, the first book is called the book of life. The book of life. It's also called the book of births. Hallelujah. Let's look at that. Psalms. We saw the book of life mentioned here in, in Revelations 20. Let's look at Psalms 139. Verse 15 and 16. Psalms 139. Verse 15 says, My substance was not hid from you when I was made in the secret and curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes did see my substance, yet being unperfect, and in your book all my members were written, which in continuance were fashioned, and as yet there were none of them. Look at that. It's called a book of life. Everybody who is born on the earth, their names are written in the book of life. See, many times in many churches, especially Pentecostal churches, what happens is people believe that when you accept Jesus, your names are written in the book of life. They pray the prayer also, Lord, write my name in the Lamb's book of life. They pray that prayer. But that is a wrong prayer. That is a wrong information. Every person who is born on the earth, their names are already written in the book of life. When you die without accepting Jesus, your name is blotted out. Because there is not a single scripture that says your names will be written. No. In the book of... There is not a scripture like that. Not one scripture that says your name will be written in the book of life. But then there are scriptures that say your names will be blotted out. Your names will be blotted out. Hallelujah. See, where do we all come from? Where does a baby come from? Come from God. Come from heaven. So does heaven keep record? Yes, it's not that when suddenly the lady became pregnant and, and heaven there is an alarm ringing, she became pregnant, we didn't know. No, nothing like that. It may be a surprise for you, but it's not a surprise for God. Even before the foundation of the earth was laid, He knew you. That's what the Bible says. He knew you, He knew your members, He knew everything about you. So you are not a surprise. Your parents may have been surprised, but not Him. Not God. He knew you. He knew where you will be born, to whom you will be born, where you will live. Everything He knew. So we are, And Bible says we are fearfully and wonderfully made. So it doesn't matter how you look in the mirror. You may not like how your face looks, your hair looks or your body looks. No. But Bible says you are fearfully and wonderfully made. We are made in the image of God. Hallelujah. So there's a book of life. Our names are written in the book of life. A person, if he dies without accepting Jesus, his name is blotted out. Hallelujah. Are you understanding? So that's the first book called the book of life. Then there are some other books. There are so many books, but we'll look at two more books. Psalms 56 verse 8. Psalms 56 Verse 8 says, You number my wanderings, you put my tears into your bottle, are they not in your book? Now this book is called the book of tears. So what does it keep account of? Your tears. Why did you cry? Those tears that came out of your eyes what kind of tears are they? Are they tears of joy? Are they tears of uh, disappointment? Are they tears or are they crocodile tears? You know what crocodile tears are? Where you bring tears just to manipulate something. 
you want to just get somebody to do something you bring those tears out like oh and you try to get somebody to do things see all your tears are written in the book so one day that book will be open and you'll say okay this day those tears there was something fishy about those tears <laughs> you'll see those tears were they tears of intercession when you are interceding for somebody you're praying for somebody you're praying for their salvation you're praying for somebody's deliverance and then those tears came out of love for some a brother a sister a neighbor who is lost you're praying for them and tears came praying for them see all those tears are accounted for hallelujah then the next one Malachi chapter 3 I love this. Verse 16. It says, Then those that feared the Lord spoke to one another, and the Lord listened and heard them. And so a book of remembrance was written before him for those who fear the Lord and who meditate on his name. Now, who is it talking about? They that fear the Lord. Believers. He said, when believers spoke one to another. That means, when one believer is speaking to another believer, or when you have gathered together, you're, you're in a uh, after church, you're meeting, you're fellowshipping, what is happening? You're talking to another believer. It says, the Lord heard, he listened and he heard and a book of remembrance was written. That means anytime one believer is talking to another believer, the Lord is listening. And he is writing down what you spoke. Remember last week we saw that we are judged based on the words that we speak. Your judgment is based on your words. So now when you, you as a believer is meeting with another believer, you are speaking to each other, are they words of encouragement? Is it iron sharpening iron? Or are they talking bad and trash about somebody else? What are those words? Are you talking bad about another preacher? Are you putting somebody down? Are you backbiting? Are you murmuring? Are you complaining? See, everything is written down. They are our works. It's actions. And these things, those books will be opened. And one day we will be judged based on everything that we spoke. All the tears that came out of your eyes, they are counted. See, when my children cry, those tears are valuable for me. It hurts me to see my children cry, even those tears. Even if it's a simply they are crying, when I see tears in their eyes, my heart is, is, is pounding. Man, my child is crying. Why? So we are God's children. So when you cry, when tears come out of your eyes, it's valuable for him. See, that's why he puts it in a bottle. Man, my child, it's my, my daughter's tears, my son's tears, it's valuable for me. The reason behind that is accounted. So we have to be careful why we cry, why we let those tears come. Hallelujah. And every word that we speak. And we, it's our responsibility to preach the gospel, to make sure another person, another neighbor, their names will continue to be written in the book of life. That's why we have to preach the gospel. That the only chance they get is still their last breath. If by their last breath they have not received Jesus, then their name is wiped out. On that day, their name will not be there in the book. That's why we have to preach the gospel. We have to reach out to the people nearby. Make sure that their name is in the book. If their name remains in the book. It will not be blotted out. Hallelujah. So that is the books. Hallelujah. Now, we want to know what are, the, what are the rewards that we get. Well, the Bible talks about rewards. Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews 11 verse 6 says, But without faith it is impossible to please him, and they that, they, they that comes to God must believe that he is a rewarder. 
of them that diligently so everything that we do as a believer should be based on a reward consciousness we should be reward minded because you cannot please God without having reward in mind whatever you do you do it as unto the Lord and you expect reward from him not from man see whatever I am doing I am not expecting reward from man but I expect reward from God no man can pay me for the work I do for God isn't it no man can pay you for every step of obedience you do to God's word no man can pay you why did you obey the word because you wanted to please him yes or no why are you here today because you wanted to please him you are not here today to please me or Pastor Michael or anybody no you are here because you genuinely wanted to please God isn't it so you have your reward you should believe man I'm coming I'm getting my reward I have my reward because I was there on Thursday I listened to the word I received the word you should expect the reward if you are not expecting your reward you are not in faith said without faith it is impossible to please him so whatever you're doing expect the reward you should expect the reward he who comes to God must believe that he is a rewarder it's a command if you're coming to God you should believe he will reward you you should believe that whatever steps of obedience you took you're getting a reward you're getting a reward hallelujah so you will surely get your rewards and from what I've seen in the Bible most of these rewards are in the form of crowns they're in the form of crowns there are different crowns mentioned in the Bible the first one is called the crown of righteousness it's in 2nd Timothy chapter 4 verse 8 2nd Timothy chapter 4 verse 8 says finally there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness which the Lord the righteous judge will give to me on that day and not to me only but also to all who have loved and were expecting his appearing it's called the crown of righteousness it is for all those believers who are ready and waiting for the return of Jesus that every day you live believing man Jesus can come anytime he can come today he can come today tonight he can come today afternoon so every day you are living expecting his return for them this is the crown the crown of righteousness hallelujah second one it's called the incorruptible crown also called the victor's crown 1st Corinthians chapter 9 verse 25 26 and 27 1st Corinthians chapter <clears throat> 9 everyone who competes for the price is temperate and disciplined in all things now they do it to obtain a perishable crown but we do it for an imperishable incorruptible crown therefore I run thus not with uncertainty thus I fight not as one who beats the air but I discipline my body and bring it unto subjection lest when I have preached to others I myself should become disqualified oh, this is a good thing I read from the Amplified it's called the incorruptible crown and it is for all those who discipline their bodies who brought their bodies to subjection and who had who developed self-control for those who are able to control their bodies and did not yield to sin hallelujah you controlled your body that for them there is this uh, crown called incorruptible crown or imperishable crown the third one is called the crown of life 
James chapter 1 verse 12. James 1.12 says, God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. Afterwards, they will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love Him. It's called the crown of life. Revelation chapter 2, verse 10. It says, Don't be afraid of what you're about to suffer. The devil will throw some of you into prison to test you. You will suffer for 10 days. But if you remain faithful, even when facing death, I will give you the crown of life. So what is this crown for? It, for, it is for all those believers who were faithful unto death, who endured testings, trials and temptations. Tests came, trials came, uh, trials came, temptations came, you were tempted to declare in front of people, no, I don't believe Jesus. You were tempted to renounce your faith, but you just stuck. They came with a gun on your forehead and said, if you don't renounce Jesus, we will kill you. You said, oh, okay, kill me. But I will not say no to my Jesus because I know where I'm going. It's called the crown of life. For such people, they get the crown of life. Next one, I love this. 1 Peter chapter 5. We'll read from verse 2 to 4. It's called the crown of glory. This is not for everybody, but anybody can believe to get it. I'll explain. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 2 onwards. Care for the flock God has entrusted to you. Watch over it willingly, not grudgingly. Not for what you will get out of it, but because you are eager to serve, serve God. Don't lord it over the people assigned to your care, but lead them by your own good example. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that does not fade away. This is not for everybody. This is especially for pastors, teachers, leaders of congregations, people, for those people to whom God appointed, I mean, those people whom God appointed over certain people. They are people in authority. Such people, it's only for such people. And such people also not everybody will get. What is the condition to get this? I'll read that. Who is caring for the flock, not slaughtering the flock. Okay? They care for the flock. They don't slaughter the flock. And they watch over it, not complaining. Not because of what they will get out of it. Not for what they can isk out of you, from your pocket to our, their pocket. No. It says, but they are eager to serve God. And it says, don't lord it over the people. Said, don't know. You sit under me. If you don't obey, curse will come upon you. See, that's what it says. I didn't say this. Don't lord it over them. Lead them by your own good example. You lead the people by your own life. Such people, for such people whom, whom God has appointed over people to look after, mainly pastors, teachers, leaders in the church, it is for them. It's called the crown of glory. But remember I said, it is not for everybody, but any believer who submits to the word they will definitely be given a position of authority. See, why are we learning this? We are learning the foundational doctrines. And one of them is laying on of hands. It is not, it is not simply written only for pastors. It's for every believer. Any believer who submits to the teaching of the word, who is faithful, he will definitely be given a position of authority. Any believer. 
if you are submitting to the true word, submitting to the teaching, being obedient in coming to church, submitting and be involved in teaching others, God will make you a leader in the church. It's for everybody. See, there are 7 billion people in the church. It's sorry, in the world. At least 7 billion people. How many believers are there? How many believers? Just look at Horomavu itself, this area. How many lakhs of people are here? E even if there are 100 people in this room right now, each person can handle at least 10 people. Yes or no? At least 10 people. So we need leaders. If you stick to the program that God designed, you will be a leader. So that's why you can get this crown. You may not be in that position right now, but if you submit to the word, God will lift you up to a position of leadership. God will put people under you. And you can qualify to get this crown. It's not for everybody. Everybody can work to get this. If you stay faithful and if you submit to the word, submit to authority, one day God will put you there in a position of authority. You will be over people. Every believer, every single believer is called to be a leader. I believe that. Every single believer is called to be a leader, wherever you are. So this can be yours. It's called the crown of glory. Well, next one. Matthew chapter, all right, let's see, First um, Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 19. First Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 19 says, For what is our hope, our joy, or crown of rejoicing? Is it not even you in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at His coming? Look at that. This is called the crown of rejoicing. It's not for everybody. It's for those people who obey the commission of Jesus. That is, go and preach the gospel. It's for everybody. But not everybody gets it. See, we say every third Saturday is outreach Saturday. How many people go? Barely when we ask, one or two people lift their hands. So, we'll, so in that group of 100 people, how many will get the crown? Two people. Is everybody a believer? Yes. Was the commission given to everyone? Yes. But how many obey that? How many people go and lead somebody to Christ? How many go and disciple someone? Not many. So this is for those people who obey the commission of Jesus. Go and make disciples. Preach the gospels and make disciples. It's for those people. Hallelujah. So, our time is seriously up, but I believe you understood this. I'm not saying this is the only crown, only rewards. No. This is just a few of them from what I've seen in the, in the scripture. I'm sure there's going to be great many rewards. And based on the rewards that we get, we will rule and reign with Christ for a thousand years. Jesus is going to come back. He will establish his kingdom. And rule the earth for thousand years. And based on the rewards that we get, we will be given positions of authority. We will be made, okay, you become, a, you become a leader over this area. You control this country. You take this area. I strongly believe that. He is not simply going to appoint anybody anywhere. No. Based on the rewards that you get. That's how you will be appointed. Hallelujah. And th these rewards are for eternity. What you get will be there with you for eternity. You are there with Jesus forever. Hallelujah. We are not done with this, but there's a little more to go, but we'll continue next week. But I believe you understood this. So judgment is not a scary word. Judgment is a beautiful word. We should rejoice when you hear the word judgment. That means you're getting another chance. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, we praise you, we worship you, we thank you for your word. We thank you that your word is opening our eyes, that we don't have to let fear come in. Thank you that one day it is appointed <coughs> for us to die and then judgment. Thank you for that day. 
Thank you that today, because we are in the body, we get another chance. Thank you, Lord, for another chance. Thank you, thank you, thank you that we can make a difference. Thank you that we can affect somebody's lives. Thank you so much, Daddy. We praise you. We 